0: What's up, folks? My guest today is Brady Williams. He's the chef and owner of Tomo, a restaurant here in White Center, Seattle. He has described the aesthetic of the concept of Tomo as being, quote, brutalist ryokan meets Hokkaido dive bar, end quote. And I just love the way that he's positioning this, building this, growing this, being very philosophical about this concept, and we talk all about that in this conversation. And for those that don't know, Chef Brady joined Canlis here in Seattle in 2015 as its sixth ever executive chef at just the age of 28. And since then, he's garnered a number of local and national awards, including a perfect four-star review from the Seattle Times. He was also named a finalist for Rising Star Chef of the Year by the James Beard Foundation in 2017, recognizing him as one of the country's top young culinary talents. In 2018, Brady was named as one of Food & Wine's Best New Chefs, and in 2019, he took home a James Beard Award for Best Chef Northwest. If you enjoyed this interview, I recommend you queue up my conversation that I did with Christopher Hotuft, where we also discuss putting place before concept and more about opening your own restaurant. If at any point you would like to pause and check out Brady online or any of the specific linkable things that we discussed, please do check out the show notes, which are always available in in the description of this podcast. If you're looking for your next knife, especially if consistency, hand-finished details, and Japanese craftsmanship are part of your list, I recommend Koren. You can browse their site and compare dozens of knives side by side. Get details on steel hardness, edge geometry, and handle materials all in one place. And plus, they have a fantastic industry program that saves you money regardless of when you shop. Plus, if you're a fan of high-end brands like Ninox, Corin has some of the best selections in the business. So I definitely recommend you check out the link in the description if you want to shop Corin, or if you want to type in justinconda.com/corin, you can browse now. Chef Brady, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm really curious if anything comes to mind when I ask the question, what was your biggest takeaway from working at Blanca? Because that's one of my favorite restaurants of all time.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, that was probably the most formative place early in my career that I worked, at least uh, until I became a chef. Um, I mean, it showed me that, like, fine dining could be fun, and there's really no rules um to it and that um you know it was 12 seats in like the back of you know a garden in bushwick and you know it was like quite disarming because like the clientele i think like didn't know what to expect so like you know you walk through roberto's you go through the garden who knows what you're seeing uh, uh at any point in time um and then you come in and you like you're in this like you know stark industrial space and you just get like you know whatever, it was between like 18 and 25, 30 courses that are, you know, very out there and just like simple, but also very complex. I mean, I would say that like, that's the most formative sort of like couple of years of my life that kind of like set me off into like, Hey, this is like a restaurant that I would like to create one day or some sort of vibe. Um, and yeah, I mean, like Carlo, the chef there is like my mentor and like talk to him at least once a week on the phone i mean we were really close and have like maintained a, a closeness over the course of time that's really special so um i mean that's like the big takeaway It was just like i always joked it's like the only two michelin star kitchen in the world probably where you could wear cut off you know shorts like when you're cooking like that was sure. like accepted you know like material or uh, uniform so um it was just kind of like a very punk place and i think it was like you know really special and you know as if they reopen or not um but, like, I'm happy to be a part of that for sure.
0: Were there specific – as you're coming to grips with the concept that is Tomo and you kind of, like, venturing off and doing your own project, were there specific mentorship questions that you put, that you posted to, to Chef Carlo and, and asked him? Or obviously you guys keep in touch on the regular, but were there specific things that he potentially guided you through?
1: Yeah, I mean, he was, like – kind of, like, asserted his, like, opinion on, onto some things, at least in terms of, like, the early concepts. because I think, like, one of the things that was, like, really important was to not have a set idea of what I wanted to do until I found the space, because I think that the space and the location would really frame, sort of, like, the, you know, what what things should be moving forward, and then, like, you know, rush onto living, breathing things, so then there's just, like, change over time, right? So, you know, like, there wasn't like hey i'm gonna do a five course vegetable subject menu i mean that was like the front runner and i was hoping to find a place like this but like if i found a restaurant that would only see eight or ten or twelve like i was open to that as well so um i wasn't really open to doing more than like you know 30, 30 seats or something like that i wanted something really small um but we talked a lot about it i mean he was probably the first person the first outsider to come see the space like he spent a lot of time up here kind of like during the pandemic like um you know. Thing with us, and just like kind of laying low and um so he was like the first person to see the raw space, we talked a lot about it and um yeah i'm I'm excited to uh he's gonna come cook here we we've had a couple like um cancelled events due to all <laughs> the and stuff that we didn't even get to announce, but um he's gonna come up here and cook and we haven't announced anything yet in a few months so that should be cool
0: would you do a kind of like secondary Roberta's style concept to kind of complement Tomo in the
1: future? Personally, Like concept two? Yeah. I like, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I don't think I'll like do a p- I mean, I joked around, like I joke around about pizza. I'm like, I don't know if that makes sense. I think that like I can do it, I, but I'm so close to those people that I, I'm like, I'd rather bring Roberta's to Seattle or something like that. But, um, totally. I don't know. I'm like pretty open. I'm pretty open. I'm not like actually, you know. I don't. Again, like concept two. I have no fucking. Sorry, we're we on this. I have no clue what we're uh what we're supposed to. You know what I want to do. I mean, I have plenty of ideas. I've like looked at some spaces already just because they're available. But like again, it's it's. I think it's like the ethical and like the wise approach, especially during this time, is like be conscious of how much space you're taking up, and I think that like the right space. You know, if the right opportunity comes, you jump on it. And, you know, it's got to be, like, the right thing for those around you. I mean, like, part of, I think, what, like, makes this session special right now is, like, I, I just missed my first service, like, last week. And I'm here every day. So, and I want to keep it that way for as long as possible. I mean, like, I love being here. It's why we're, we kind of run a limited schedule. Like, I don't, I don't, I want to, like, be very operational, you know. and um And so, I'm, like, I don't know. A pizza concept, like, sounds really great. Like, it sounds like a lot of fun. And then you you, kind of like a puppy, right? It's like, then it becomes a dog. And then you're like, shit, I got to walk this dog. And, like, the dog is, like, requires a lot of, like, maintenance and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm like, you know, I don't have any plans to, like, expand. I mean, I think doing something more casual, more walk-in friendly. I mean, like, I think some cool, like, comps, I'm getting long-winded, are, like, team and like Paris and then you have like Colmato you know next door or like the Cobb or, exactly. like, you know places that like are like free you up to do other cuisine um, or like to cook a certain way and so like as this restaurant which is like still very much finding its identity like the identity like once this identity is sort of defined which we're getting closer to it I think that will like kind of determine what's like what's next for us like I miss cooking pasta like so does my CDC she worked at Blanca also we talk about that all the time doing Blanca or doing a pasta in this, like, environment doesn't really make sense. We have a really small kitchen. So, um, you know, to do it well, you know, we're kind of, like, limited, but also provides, like, creative constraints, which are, like, very cool too and should, like, springboard you into the next thing if you want to do it.
0: You have this great quote that I did as I was uh, that I read as I was doing some kind of homework on you and 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 you said, quote, It's funny you spend your whole career thinking about what it would be like to open your restaurant and then you realize it's not about you, end quote. And I'd be so curious how you kind of define what gets to stick versus what still needs iteration as you're kind of like putting dishes on the menu and navigating the seasons and like, sure, something might go out of season, but it's like okay, when we see that ingredient again, we're going to do the same thing or version 1.2 of that idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, when it comes to, like, the cuisine, we've tried to refrain from doing stuff that we've done before, especially in the city. Like, I kind of wanted to, like, not just, like, lean on some uh, more, like, heavy hitter dishes that I did, you know, over the last six years. Um, I think there's stuff that's like definitely derivative. I think there's stuff that like comes out that's like, oh, here's a technique or here's something we want to do from, you know, from our time at Blanca. And like, Diana and I have like a very shared experience there. So it's like easy, it's a, it's easy to communicate that those things when you have like that common language. Um, but that quote was more just like, you know, like it was like trying to like create a more collaborative collaborative environment and like build a team that like is a bunch of specialists in a neighborhood full of specialists that like you know it's my job to support them and grow them in their career so you know so our bar manager can like run his own bar one day if he wants to do that or you know like or if someone wants to like create a restaurant group together we could do that or like you know create you know a platform for and opportunities for like those that exist already here and and also i think that quote i mean really it, it comes down to like you know not being greedy and not not being like you know like making it about like my singular vision and voice or and try to be as like equitable with the environment that we create as possible so whether that tends to like hey we have a true four-day work week to or four-day open week to um you know, like, providing benefits, or, like, we don't track PTO for, like, our, like, our manager managers, we're just, like, hey, we trust that, like, you know, you're a professional, and, like, we still have to, like, you know, not take advantage of a situation, but, like, we trust you, and, like, you know, let's go make something special, so, you know, that was kind of the context for that. Um, as far as cuisine goes, I mean, we're still, like, it's so weird, because, we opened it was like end of summer and then you had all this like stuff over the summer that we were like in development. We had like a larder full of stuff that we can't really use or like we, you know, like are trying to work through, but then you just kind of have this like dead, dead period in the Northwest of like root vegetables for six months. So we try to keep things as fresh as possible, but um, yeah, we like are trying not to like lean too heavy on like familiarity. I think that would, that's like our last resort, you know, so it's like, we're, we're trying to just keep our eyes forward
0: the the frame that you have taken with listening to staff input is super rare i would i would say especially on kind of like higher caliber places like the idea of you know a line cook or someone running a station getting to run a special is kind of like the peak of what most people get to collaborate with on uh, in their restaurant how do you strike that balance between like i'm calling it like democracy to dictatorship where like everybody can get heard and yeah. get told versus like ultimately the buck kind of stops with you but also like do you have like a yeah. like a list of core values or like a vision board that you kind of we like some, take your some, idea some... yeah go ahead
1: no no sorry i'm cutting you off yeah i take the idea on how we implement it yeah i think yeah um yeah i think that's like i was like trying to describe my like leadership style the other day and i was like hey i'd like to really want to walk in, like, a collaborative, inclusive environment, but at the end of it, like, while still, like, reserving the final say on, like, decisions exactly. and letting, you know, to be made. And I think that, like, you know, it's really, I don't think it's, like, like, you can have an equitable environment that's maybe, like, not totally, like, egalitarian, because, like, you know, like, if, if it's totally horizontal, I think that uh, could be challenging, especially in a restaurant, right? But, um, like, there have to be certain ways of doing things, but I think we always are like, hey, is there a better way to do things? And it's like, you know, like, if you see that there's a better way to do things, like, let's talk about it and, you know, try to teach, like, how do we talk about those things, right? Like, how do we approach someone, like, up or down with, like, the better way to do things? And, you know, I think that's, like, been, you know, the most interesting thing, too, is, like, you know, everyone learns differently, and so you have to teach everyone differently. I think that's, like, the next step in terms of, like, what we're trying to, like, teach our managers here is, like, we have a bunch of like cool people from very different and varied backgrounds. We have a lot of non-traditional staff who never worked in the restaurant industry, including the two people that run our wine program right now have never worked in restaurants wow um, so um, you know how do you maintain like that kind of like fluidity and collaboration, but also like using your experience and kind of like using kind of what got you here to you know guide guide the team and you know, kind of, like, point, at least just, like, point us in a certain direction, you know?
0: Have there been any, call it, like, a mental model, or maybe you found, like, a book or or a conversation with a mentor to kind of, like, really put that into perspective or give you some tools to navigate that? Because I've covered stories on the podcast before of people who say exactly what you're saying. I want to have, like, a um, semi-horizontal organizational hierarchy, and I want to kind of, like, give people their, their, fair say, but then things kind of go off the rails and they're chaotic and people can't really understand the concept. And so how are you, are there tools that you found that are, that are helpful? Because I think that like, there are people listening who probably have very similar values to you, but it's like implementing it is, is the hard part.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, my partner, Jessica's, I mean, could have been the most like influential in, in the, in framing a lot of this. I mean, she comes from a non-restaurant background. She works in the arts and, and like a lot of like foundation. Did a lot of foundation work. So, I mean, she wrote, like, a very, I mean, like, we have an employee handbook, even though we're, like, mom and pop, that's, like, very kind of, like, in-depth and philosophical um, that, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's a handful of different sources, um, and I could, like, share those at some point. But, you know, I think even for us, it's, like, you know, maintaining transparency, like, along the way, and, um, you know, like, carving out intentional time to meet, Together as a team to like both listen and um, to like listen and to uh, like brainstorm um, uh, like collaboratively is like been kind of like the most important thing that we do is like when we meet as like you know managed managerial team. Can um, you get,
0: t- yeah, can I mean, you get tactical? Out, on, even, you can
1: you get tactical with us? you
0: get tactical with us on those meetings? Like like how yeah. often do you guys meet? How long does the meeting last?
1: it's monthly and we keep it to like 30 minutes. Cause I really believe in like, like there's like death by meeting, especially in a small space. Like you have all these, like if we're doing our job, we're constantly like meeting with each other. Like we'll do like one-on-ones, like every, uh, bi-weekly and we just keep them to 15, 30 minutes and we'll meet as a team like monthly. Um, Or like, if there's like something like we have a few like special things that we're, that are coming up that we need to talk to stuff. We try to keep them regular, but not like, I, like I think just like death by meeting sucks and like, you know, we pr- provide structure within those structures where, like, I'll meet with, like, my chef team almost daily just to talk about the day and maybe weekly on, like, Tuesdays to talk about, like, projects. But, you know, you know, and then, like, they meet with, like, the cook team every night to talk about the next day. So there's, like, this like, there's structure within this. It's not, like, a total freefall, and I think you have to maintain that. Um, but when you maintain that, like, transparency, I think it, like, it, like, comes back to you, too, you know? Like, I think it's it's cool. It's cool. We have a really special group of people um, throughout the entire restaurant. Yeah.
0: How do you decide what to work
1: on every day? I don't think I get a choice typically. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I mean, like through through the last few months. I mean, like obviously, like public health and public safety has been like a huge thing. So as we've tried to crank up, like and like you know, kind of like fully realize this restaurant there's that kind of push-pull of, like, hey, what can I do that's, like, big picture creatively? What can I do that's, like, big picture restaurant-wise? And then what can I do? Like, what needs to get done just to like, prep, you know? And we're still at that place right now where we're, like, figuring out, like, even what our labor model is and, like, you know, like, how can we free ourselves up to focus more on the things that, like, drive us um, and, like, our life-giving? And, you know, I think that kind of, like, rolls downhill where, like, you know, or not rolls downhill, but, like, it, it kind of, like, disperses out to, like, the rest of the team. And, like, there's a lot of, like, creative energy and things are changing all the time. Like, no one gets stagnant. No one gets bored. And I think if you treat people well and, like, you, you know, keep people from getting bored, like, you, people, like, want to, like, stay, like, they'll, they'll, like, I mean, there's other factors, but, like, I think those are, like, two huge factors, to like, make creating, like, a, like, enjoyable environment, you know, and, um. Yeah. So, I hope that answers the question. But yeah. But, but I mean, as far yeah. as like my personal day, I mean, like I was like, dictated today by like, <laughs> like, I mean, there's like stuff like big picture calendar stuff. It's like meetings. Like Tuesday, I'll try try to spend like most of the day just like focusing on big picture restaurant stuff, and try to create and try to create more space to focus on the creative stuff. It's it's a little hard right now just because of like the wool seasons. So we're focusing more on like. Right now it's like, let's focus more on like operational, organizational things that we want to see improved. whether that's like how we put away things or, you know, like uh, how do like, how can we just get ahead for the week to make our life easier or like focus on doing some like long-term projects for, you know, the summer and the spring.
0: There was another conversation that you gave and and I was just really, you, you, you said a line in that interview And it really hit home for me because I have a very similar kind of frame of how I approach being a professional chef. And the quote that you said was, I was never the most naturally talented, but I really took pride in working harder than the next guy. And I had a very similar thing where I don't have this kind of like background of I was at my grandmother's apron strings, kind of like peeling potatoes or whatever. And I just kind of had to just learn everything from ground zero. How do you... how what was valuable for you kind of like coming up? Do you still look at things that way or kind of like how, how did that not feeling like you were naturally gifted in this whole thing? Do you still look at that yeah. as a downside or are you looking at that as kind of like, no, that's actually what shaped me?
1: Yeah, I think more the the latter. I think it's less of a downside. I mean, I surrounded myself with people who got late start to their career and like Carlo or you know, a couple of chefs in Dallas who like not late, but like weren't, you know, the traditional, like, culinary school right out of high school, like, worked in a dozen different kitchens and then, you know, worked their way up, you know, and then, like, did their own thing. I think intentionally, like, trying to be mentored by people who kind of had that path was valuable and, like, kind of, like, the acceptance of, like, okay, it's okay that, like, I haven't gone to culinary school or maybe I don't know how to do everything um, that, like, they teach there or, like, you know, my, like, frame of reference is, like, narrower than been some and um and I and I think I just kinda like embraced that. I think, you know, early on there was like a motivation to just like make up for lost time and I think that was like some like repressed like societal like bullshit, honestly. But you know, like I think I had like, you know, like I didn't expect to like like with like the camels thing, like I actually like was like embarrassed to like hid from them that I'd only been cooking for five years when I took the job. Like I was I didn't hide it like by like a lie of omission i just like i didn't want i didn't it was like in my mind i'm like do they know but you know i i just kind of had to roll with it and be like okay like this is an opportunity that's like presented itself like i'm gonna do my best and and just go from there
0: the shocking thing about that interview to me in addition to that quote was the fact that you were able to be so introspective while being so young i I think a lot of people don't get to that place until they're a little bit older have you always been like that like self-awareness just kind of like trying to think through how you're approaching things or or...
1: honestly probably not i think i moved away from home at a young age like i was so like to, to pursue hockey and so i was kind of like i grew up really fast i think like i was 15 when i moved out um and was just like kind of like developed this like independence and like kind of like sort of like starting caretaking mentality um yeah so I mean like not not necessarily not necessarily but um yeah I mean like I don't think I'm like looking back to childhood and it's like I was always pretty independent and just like was like okay I'm gonna like do this And like I'm not like I'm someone a few interests but like if I'm interested in it I like tend to go pretty hard so um you know I think cooking was like a good example of that, Where I mean, honestly, like, I thought it was just going to be a phase. And I was like, I'll do this for a couple of years and figure some stuff out. And then, you know, I'll plenty of time to do something else or, like, you know, go back to school if I want to or whatever. But I was like, it's what I enjoyed in the moment. And I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to, like, you know, devote my, like, entire self to it.
0: What would you have gone to school for if you would have gone back?
1: I actually dropped. I actually like dropped out of school. I was like, and that was part of, like, how I got into cooking i which i just didn't know what i wanted to study but i know that like i really hated the, the school that i was at no one can say what that is but uh, it was like a pretty conservative like private school that i was there on scholarship and um just did not click with that place but um so i, I just got into cooking i mean like at that, at that point i was you know early 20s and i was just like okay i'll just do this and like enjoy enjoy my you know what I do, like, I'm really passionate about it. It's a lot of fun to me. Um, you know, like, I get to cook for my friends all the time. Like, they, like, and you know, like, it's, who knows? Like there wasn't really a plan, you know, there wasn't like, there wasn't a fallback plan. And um, I don't know, there still isn't, I guess, you know, <laughs> what, else I'd, what else I'd do. You
0: take this position at Camlis as executive chef, and you're obviously young, but you have this experience at other places from around the country. When a place has such a track record like Canlis has, and this might serve as some advice for somebody who's listening who might have just gotten an executive chef offer, or they're coming into a place that's been open for a while, but they haven't worked there for years and years at this point. How did you balance embracing tradition versus like implementing change when you come into a place that's well-established?
1: Um, embrace the tradition first, like first and foremost, I think, uh, I think it it could have been easy to come in hot. Um, I didn't, I don't think I put a dish on the menu for like four months or something like that. I mean, also I didn't, um, I never saw a dinner service. Like I did a tasting during the day and I ate dinner, but then I also, um, like I never like worked this service, which like. In hindsight, it's like, you know, others have done that differently. But just because it would have provided more context, not that it would have changed anything, but I think that would have just been helpful because there was like a two-month gap between like, two or three-month gap between trying out and then, you know, starting that position. Um, I think embracing tradition was like the most important thing. I think, you know, I had no clue what I was getting into. I only knew like that restaurant as an institution. I had no clue like what they were trying to do. Like, I I had talked philosophically with them for, like, a day or two when I was here for my tryout, and I, you know, I liked them, and, like, we seemed to, like, vibe in that way. Um, but, yeah, I think when I landed, it was, like, okay, this is, like, there's a lot here that, like, I really don't understand, and there's so many, like, layers to this onion that you have to peel. And, you know, they had a – they had – it wasn't, like, a straight handoff from, like, the previous chef, too. Like, it, it was, like – a Four to six months, sort of like, like, yeah, uh, yeah, four month period of like, where they, they were like chefless and they like they had like a, they really just kind of been on the soup chef team, and so I wanted to be sensitive to that. Like, I don't think you should just come in like, you know, and, like rip the tablecloth off, so to speak, um, which I wanted to to, to actually do take tablecloth off, but like it was like, it was like okay, just learn and like kind of get to know like how things work here, embrace the change. And then just slowly, like as things like become like like unservable because of seasonality or whatever, like I think um then just start to like put one or two dishes on, and I think you know for that was like a pretty controversial move, I think like internally, not among the brothers, like they had my full support, but or I had their full support, rather, but um like I think some of the chef team or like the you know cooks and stuff were wanting this person to come in are just like really like, like this is what we're gonna do and that just wasn't my style, you know, like, I think that, like, maybe, like, the curve would have been, like, a little bit, like, shorter or something, but I think that, like, it would have been a lot harder, and it would have, like, like lost, it would have been a lot more attrition, like, early, if you just do that, because, you know, that other side of the coins, like, who the hell is this person, you know, and, like, I've worked here for five years, or eight years, or 10 years, or 15 years, right, so, which there are, like, a plenty, plenty of those, so. Yeah, I would say like embrace the tradition first and foremost. Like learn, and then like I like kept a notebook and was like, these are the things I like to see change. Like these are the ways that like I think would be cool. And a place like that big, I think like Tomo is like a speedboat. It, we can like move pretty like agile. Like we aren't right now because we're new, but like we can like make 45 degree turns or like you know 60 degree turns. Like Kymless is like a large vessel that just makes one degree turns. So. Early on, I just adopted that approach with, like, you know, I want to change sourcing. So, like, how does that look? You know, like, what do I believe in? What are my values? Like, what are the tenets? Like, state them, teach them, and then implement them, and, like, continue to surround your people that, like, believe in that vision. Plateware was another thing, you know, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, like, you can start making, like, once once you build that trust, you can start making kind of, like, the broader sweeping changes, you know, and... You know, just my situation was very different than, like, I think the current situation where the, like, there wasn't a restaurant. You know, it was, like, I was, like, walking into a very busy restaurant from night one, and here it was, like, okay, things need to be, like, reconstructed in a way. Um, you know, and I think like, I should have done a good job of that. But two totally different, like, w- like situation center for sure. You know? So I just was, like, treading lightly. I was, like, I want to, like, learn these classic dishes. I want to, like learn why they're important to the restaurant, and then, like, you know, you kind of figure out pretty quickly what's, like, sacred or not too sacred. And, like, as you build that trust, they're willing to, like, give you a little bit more leeway to, you know, guide things the way that you see it or you'd like to,
0: When you're getting ready to leave, or or, or maybe as you're kind of, like, thinking of, okay, I want to do my next thing after this position that I have, are there things that you have top of mind where you're, like, I want to see how the finances run. I want to get a little bit of a sense of HR. I want to form some sourcing relationships. Like what, what are cause there's, there's the food that I think a lot of people like think that that's all that executive chefs do, but there's so many other things that you can pull from a place like that, that can set you what? up for greater success going into a project like Tomo, where there are mm-hmm. things that you tried to kind of like extract is the wrong word, but just kind of like learn as part of your, your, yeah, I you had a canvas.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like what we always say is like, you know, every experience should be like an opportunity to like learn and unlearn, right? So it was like, like, I've like staged at restaurants where I'm like, this was a shitty stage but I learned a lot. You know, like, I will never have my kitchen this way. It's horrible. But like, I learned a ton. And like, about not wanting to do things, and not that was not my experience to count. Right? But I think that like over the course of six years, yeah, you're kind of cataloging things. I mean, like, first thing's easy. I mean, like, I I really like, for me, everything like think ends and ends with products. So like sourcing was like the, you know, kind of like the first thing I wanted to make mine um, and kind of change that. And we did that like to the extreme there. Um, you have the gift of space there. You also have the curse of volume. So it's like that kind of control here. Whereas like here, we don't have crazy volume, but we have very little space. So it's not like we just have like a tank of live shellfish, like floating around somewhere, um, which we did at the time. And, um, but I do think, I mean, you learn things along the way. I mean, like, I had, like, access to, like, the like they're pretty open with me about, like, the budget. Like, and I was friends with the controller, and, like, I could ask questions. I mean, you get held accountable, right? So, you know, you kind of learn, like, hey, my strengths are, for example, like, in food costs, and, like, I run fat and labor, and, like, this is getting, like, the nuts and bolts of running a kitchen and restaurant. But, you know, you kind of realize, like, you know, and especially in a place like that, like, where you can, like, make up for, you know, things, like, I'm, You know, for example, there it was, like, you know, we served really good ingredients. We also, like, you know, charged, like, one forty five, or whatever it was. So, like, food costs, especially when you're vegetable-centric, can, like, be balanced out if you have to run, like, a much bigger kitchen. And I ran with a much bigger kitchen than people prior. Um, And, you know, I think, like, we took the same philosophy here. I think that, like, you know, we're obviously a very vegetable-forward menu but uh, like the goal here is to staff up so we can like be more creative and be more like, like I would love to be here with my CDC on today and not have to worry about prep and only work here creative stuff. And then she can be off tomorrow, you know, or something like that. And then we have like a game plan. So we're trying to create, like, you know, those are things that you're always trying to like, I mean, extract is not an horrible word, but I think like, you know, take from, like things like from the experience, you learn a bunch. And then you, like, you also unlearn, like, and you're like, okay, how would I do things differently? Um, And that's kind of how, you know, we ended up here. I mean, I worked for two very different institutions, right? Like, Roberta's is is its own institution in a different way and remain close to them and kind of seeing, like, their expansion. And it's super cool and totally different than, like, the Camel's approach to, like, institutionalization. So, um, you know, like, there's a lot to learn from, from working in both environments, I think, for sure. That's like, And also just, like, eating a lot. Like, I ate around a ton. Like, I really, like, you know, had the kind of gift of, like, being able to travel a bunch and experience, like, restaurants in a way that I never had experienced before. And I think that was, like, even as, like, formative in, you know, the conceptualization of, like, ideas of what my restaurant would be.
0: Can you talk... Can you double-click on that a little bit? Because I... Yeah. I share the same advice to chefs of eating and go, not just, not just, you know, the stereotypical, like walk through a farmer's market and take a bite out of a turnip kind of eating, but genu- genuinely like sit through a tasting menu, order the yeah. supplemental cheese course, you know, like do tea after, after your dessert, yeah. like all those sorts of things help influence how you, it gives you a point of view. And so I guess when you're having these experiences, how do you approach that? Or what what advice would you give to someone who's like, Eh, why would I eat it when I can just go stage there? Right. Why why would I kind of, um, why would I totally. s- spend the money to go do
1: that? I mean, if you could afford a stodge, which I mean, staging is so expensive, you know, in its own way, like you're not getting paid. Um, So my stages, I was not fortunate enough to do any long-term stages. I just wasn't in like a financial position. So it was like a lot of like one day, two day stuff, which kind of limits like where you can stage. Um, But I mean, I think like for me, it was like, it was, for me it was to like kind of like add more tools to the tool belt and then you know stylishing also I could add some tools to the tool belt, but like you know not necessarily like I had like the flexibility to like eat at you know through the fifty bus list or something, nor did I want to, but it was like all right, I'm gonna be in like this place like what is like the culture of this place you know you're in Spain, like go you know, to like you know a nice you know you know tasty menu or something like that at night, but then like walk through like you know, the, like, the bars, and, like, eat, like, pinchos and stuff, you know? And, like, I think that's, like, immersing yourself in, like, culture, I think is, like, super important, especially, like, in cuisines that you're not, like, familiar with, I think is, like, important, too, because then you start to see, like, you know, influence, how things are derivative, and then that can help frame your own sort of, like, style or, um, you know, like, culinary language, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, eating is super important. I think just like, you know, like I really like my like and like my tastes have changed over time, right? Like I'm like, I want to like sit at the bar and like eat more casually now than I did when I was like in my early 20s, you know, when I couldn't even afford to like eat tasty menus and you'd spend your whole paycheck, like, you know, hoping that like they would recognize your industry and like cut you a little bit of a break and like send us up a supplemental course or something like that. But, um, you know, I think like, I think that's been like super, I mean, in terms of like learning and unlearning too, you're like, okay, as like the guests, um, you know, what is it about this place that like I click with and then I like, cause like ultimately like you're creating something for the person sitting in the chair, not the person in the kitchen. Right. So I think that was like cool. Like I think one of the practices I did a canvas that was encouraged by them that was like actually super helpful was like, I did this like internal, like kind of like scorecard, and it wasn't, you know, like. It wasn't like to be critical, but like I would eat a meal and then I'd go back and like critically think about it and like what did I like about this place? And especially when you like I was dining with like coworkers, you know, or like one of the chemist brothers, like you kinda see where like your preferences are so different, right? Like I value this in service but not this and they value this and not this. Or like, you know, like this is the best hawker like stall in the world, you know? Better than the fifteenth best fine dining restaurant. Like to me, yeah, you know, because you know, like they do one thing really, really well, and I think it's important to like em- embrace, embrace that, and kind of like mrs ourselves, that like you know, what cuisine can be like all through the spectrum. And I think like the world's moving more in that direction. Like the industry's moving in that direction. I think more and more, especially like post-pandemic, you know, like the pursuit of relevancy has changed, or like what that looks like. A good time.
0: I want to touch on something you just mentioned because it, as you're mentioning that the cuisine and the style and the philosophy of Tomo is kind of like growing and evolving and it is so seasonally focused. You mentioned this concept of like doing one thing really well. Do you see yourself potentially in some number of months or weeks landing on a couple of like signature moves that you guys do, whether it's kind of like techniques or We'll call it a composed dish itself, or is it kind of like Tomo has a way of approaching things that's actually our signature and everything else just kind of like is in service of the philosophy.
1: Yeah, it's more philosophical. I mean I don't think we're gonna like you know, like kakigori is a staple and it's been a supplement and it will continue to be. And I think that's like as far as like staples go, like that will be it. I mean like our wine list, we have like a a dated like philosophical document that's used for like internal education that's like here are the values that we abide by here's our approach to wine like here's what we look for in a producer you know it's like wines that we like to drink with our friends and share like first and foremost and then they need to be about like they need to like you know follow these principles and like both like land labor execution um etc 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 so I think, like, that's going to, we're framing that more. Like, what is our point of view? Like, um, I think, like, focusing the concept a little more. Like, we're taking a little bit of a hiatus from lunch in April, which actually, like, doesn't come out of, like, it comes out of, like, it's really popular. We really love it. Actually, I really, really love it. I wish I could cook more, and I wish we could expand. But it actually is, like, I think, like, the wrong move for who we are right now and we want to like focus on the bar experience and like the walk-in experience more and expand that so like we're going to do some like changes in april just and like kind of like taking a pause from like lunch is going to support those like focusing our resources and our and our efforts and like that was like a multi-month conversation i mean like that was like we've only been up in six months it was like okay what what You know, the kind of the way our bookings work, too, it's like we want to make any changes. Like, I can't make a change for April today. I can make it for uh, May. But then, you know, whatever I do on April 1st for May, because we book a month out, is, like, final. So, that becomes a little bit, um, you know, like, tricky. But you have to kind of have your eyes, like, forward. And, you know, it's like chestnut checkers. So, yeah, I don't think there's going to be, like, okay, here is, like, our signature dish like part service or something like that <laughs> i don't think we're ever gonna like you know exist that way but we're gonna have like a very strong point of view both like the cuisine that we put out and, like the service that we provide and then our like beverage program
0: as i kind of mentioned there's a lot of industry folks listening culinary school students sous chefs line cooks when you mentioned that list of Unlearnings or things that you don't want to do in your in your concept when you when it's finally time yeah. to open your place You don't have to point fingers at places where you you know You're you're kind of like taking these unlearnings from but are, can you give some examples of these things that you say? Yeah. I will not blank or, or I don't want to have blank in my place that kind of influenced <laughs> how you Operate and just so people can have a sense of how you come up with a list like that
1: Yeah, totally. I mean like um. I mean, I'll say, like, up front, I didn't think we are going to, like, this restaurant is a very beautiful restaurant. I think we've gotten a lot of attention for, like, how it turned out. It was not, like, what I expected. Um, Wow. So, I thought, like, it was going to be, and I mean that in a positive way. I have some, like, really, like, this is a very DIY restaurant. Like, all these, like, flats that you see here were, like, milled by some friends. But, like, my partner and I and our friends, like, stained them ourselves. Like, it's a very DIY restaurant despite how it, like, finished. Like, we did a lot of stuff. But we thought originally that it was going to be more stark and, like, oh, you're in White Center. You know, we, like, didn't have a sign by accident. Like, um, and now it's, like, in purpose. <laughs> and we kind of didn't expect to be, like, for people to, like, view this as, like, you know, fine dining, but fine dining is relative. And I don't even know how to answer, like, what is fine dining. And so you kind of, like, it's relative to, like, the city that you're in. And for us, like, we always just describe this as, like, a bistro. Like, I, like tell people it's like a it's like a five-course six-funny bistro and but that's not like necessarily what like guests perceive so like for very like example one was like we had loose uniforms on like a palette like kind of guide on the first like week of service and then by the second week of service we're like fuck this like here's like a style guide for the cooks in the kitchen like here's like what you can wear or not wear but wear your own clothes be comfortable and and our service team just be like, hey, you dress, cool, like, way cooler when you show up than, like, this uniform that we're putting you in. And, like, you look like you're, like, working, like, you know, con- like, you know, catering for, like, some, you know, whatever hotel. And, and I was like, that's just not the vibe that we want. You know, we're like, okay, like, everyone's in black. It, like, looks very, like, rigid. And, like, no, we're like, fuck this. Like, we have, like, cool people here. Like, why are we boxing them? in and like let's embrace their like unique uniqueness they're like who they are as people oh and like just like things it's like i don't know like let the guests pour their own water like let them go to the bath to find the bathroom if they can't figure it out in this restaurant they're gonna ask you like that's fine i mean there's stuff like that i think there was like okay like you kind of learn like what's important to you like and a lot of the like technical service stuff and then in the kitchen side it was even like how do we get away from like plating things a certain way that was maybe like more rigid and how do we make things look a little bit like sloppier? Um, A, we kind of have to because of just the pace of everything here, but also it's just like not who we are and not like who we want to be. So, you know, a lot of things are a little bit more freeform, And I don't know, there's like, I mean, a hundred examples of like, you know, and we, and it's cool because like most of, our serv- like our service direct manager and our bar manager have like some like you know find any experience at like multiple different places and can provide like a way to do things like know the rules hear the rules and like let's decide consciously like what rules we want rules we want to break you know or like what we want to like ourselves from so yeah i mean i think like the best restaurants are like considered and you consider every detail every detail and it's like you keep things and you don't keep things right like whether that's, like, plateware choices or glassware choices, like, you know, like we bought some stuff off, like, the shelf, and, like, we have some, like, our water glasses are, like, hand-blown because our friends are, like, Can we believe like, glassware? And we're, like, absolutely, we'd love that. So, you know, it's, like, kind of, like, maintaining a high, like, a high-low, like, dichotomy is very much who I am, I think, um, you know? But the restaurant's still sort of, like, finding its way, you know, and, like, fully realizing that. It's getting closer and closer. Cool.
0: What have been some learnings from deciding to do a four day week for the staff? Or like, for being,
1: like, I just don't want to work. Yeah, this for being much. open. I just don't want to work this much. Like plain and simple. I think like the post it was like, okay, we're gonna open a restaurant in COVID. You no. Know, not everyone has that like freedom, I don't think, but especially in like I mean like Seattle's like an expensive city, but we just like reverse engineered this place around like Fixed costs and variable costs. And we're like, okay, we work backwards here. We could price this thing where it needs to be. That would also like, you know, price it fairly or like what we like perceive as like we perceive it to be value. Um, and like truthfully, I was like, I, I was like so rusty like coming out of COVID. I mean, that like the mental and like physical pull. I mean, it's still half like it's still there like. like it's not going away and you can kind of tell like this like sort of like long fatigue of it all is like affecting people and so for us it was like if we only open four days there's no chance we can make you work six because something called out you know or 12 out of 13 you know and not make it up so that was like important to us um, from the get go um we've considered three days a week honestly but um I don't want to be like like I don't want to be that exclusive. I think it's the wrong vibe and the wrong message. But like we we've uh, talked through it, you know. And I think that's like kind of like again finding your identity here. So like the four day work week was just like we can truly like if you know like we can't compete with like tech salaries and this really expensive city. Just we can give pay people a living wage. We can provide them benefits, and we can like guarantee them. For the most part, a 4 work week, you know? And then on occasion, we'll have, like, a buyout or something or a special event that, like, someone wants to do, and we'll, we'll do it if it makes if it actually makes sense for everyone. Um, but, yeah, truthfully, I'm, like, I was just, like, no. <laughs> I don't want to work this much. I, like, I want to be fully present when I'm here and work really hard, and then I want, like, I, like, I have, like, a life outside of here, too, and even as an owner. I think it's really important to maintain that balance. So, um, you know, I still, I consider ourselves fortunate that it's working right now. It's also predicated, I think, probably on like, you know, we're busy. It's really good. But I do think that there are ways to like make it happen. Um, and I talked to a few people that like, you know, are on that like more scaled back. Schedule. Like there's like Hanoke in Portland. Like Peter Cho was like someone I like talked to a lot about like, how does it work being on a four day work week or Locust to Nashville on a three day like there were four days another three and so You know like you it can be done. I think for us. It was just like Do we believe in this is this important to us and then like how do we make it work?
0: Maybe you can tailor this question specifically or your answer specifically for a culinary audience and I call this the Meta job interview questions. So you're sitting across Mm -hmm. the the table with someone that you're interviewing potentially for like a kitchen position And you're asking them questions Maybe you can share some questions that you use, but what is there anything that you specifically look for in their answers that might dictate how you kind of perceive them as a potential candidate?
1: I mean, we have people come in and sous and pay them for it and cook for them because I think it's really important for them to try the food so at the end of like at the end of your meal or your shift. Like we sit you down for last eating, we do a few dishes for you at the bar. Um, and I think, like, kind of, like, using that as, like, kind of the entry point. But, I mean, being a small kitchen, we just talk to our co- – like, I just talk to our team. And you see, like, this person, do you like working beside them? Were they respectful? Were they, like, considerate and sensitive to, like, you know, the way that we do things here, you know, like, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then you kind of, like – I think, like, what's important is just kind of understand, like, what what is someone's goal for working here and what is, like – What do they hope to gain for this experience? Because that will frame whether they're the right fit for like the team right now. Like some people might be like, I want to be here for six months to a year and like that actually might work for us. And some people are like, I wanna like work here for two to three years and then move to New York and I'm like, cool. And that's on me to like, you know, help shape you, like mentor you to reach that goal. So I think that's like a lot of it. I think a lot of it comes down to like, you know, can they work their way through the kitchen and you know, we you're kind of on your own here. I mean, it's a small kitchen. Everyone has like, you know, really handle their station. Well, like there isn't a lot of like leeway for like support in that sense. Like we're there for you, but, um, you know, we're fortunate to have some like really talented cooks that are like really great people. And also they're like really good. Like, you know, they ask the right questions for you um, along the way, you know? And, Typically, by the time you sit down with someone, you kind of know if they will write it or not. And we One also, honestly, we, like, yeah. we, we, we like, really screen their email. Like, their cover letter is, like, super important. Like, I think that, like, you can kind of tell from, like, reading a cover letter if someone's like, understands this place and kind of what you're looking for before they send off a resume. And, like, for us, like, Anyone that we brought in for a stage like it was like because their cover letter like caught our attention or caught our eye in some way that we're like, okay, you, you, you get it, and so let's, let's, you know, take the next step, which is like bring you here, you know.
0: As you're thinking about the build out of Tomo, and the food is still evolving, like it's still going to change and and um, develop, and techniques that you didn't think that you would be using our are being probably used in 6 12 18 months. When you're thinking about the build out, how do you decide what the design needs to be, what equipment to use, where certain pieces of what certain appliances need to be like give us some tips for people thinking about building out a kitchen with kind of what you're talking about, which is like the concept might change, the dishes that we do might change. Yeah. All those things. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, we're pretty limited by the space here. It's, like, for those that, like, haven't been, I mean, you have, it's, like, a shotgun space. It's, like, 30 feet wide and, like, I don't know, 100 feet longer. not even, just, 20, like, 10, it's narrow. It's just, like, a narrow shoebox, and there's really, separated by bathrooms in the middle, so there's only, like, two real options where you can put a kitchen, and we have a patio in the back, that like, you can't just have this, like, massive kitchen in the back, because, people need to access the patio and, you know, maybe we could have like had them walk through the kitchen or something, but we chose not to. Um, And I think there's also like accessibility requirements that like led us to not doing that. But um, I mean, like a lot of that comes from like, I've eaten in a lot of like five course, like menu restaurants. So it was like, I've eaten at like Septim. I've eaten like Wiles is three times the size of us, but I kind of know how like that line set up. Contra, cook there twice, you know, like, like cook there and eat in there a bunch. So it was like, you kind of know what you need at bare minimum. And then you kind of have to adapt it to the space. And I did work with like a kitchen designer because like they, you can sketch some stuff out and like, that will be helpful. But like, if you can't run CAD, you're not going to actually be able to do it. And so I worked with a kitchen designer to like, take my ideas and like, kind of bring them to life. And like, they, you know, through that, like, kind of back and forth, you figure out what you like, what will work or what doesn't work. And then even in like build out, you're like, oh shit, like this isn't going to work totally. We need to make this adjustment here. And then like, I mean, for us too, like the, like what's going to take out a table this week or in this month? And because we're like, there's not a real place for anyone to like, if the bar is full, there's no place to stand. If like you show up early for reservation, So we need to like factor that in. That's like the table at the front, like the least desirable table. So, like, why do we have it? You know, like, let's chop some table sizes down. Like, it's just like shit like that that, like, you're constantly, like, thinking about. Them. Like, I encourage, like, our team to, like, make a list. And, like, if this is still in your mind two to three weeks later, then, like, let's bring it up and let's talk about it. You know, like, you might, we might just be having a bad night tonight, you know, but, and that goes, to, like, it's like the book, like, you know, has changed, like, every month because we're like, it's too big of a start. The energy's bad up front. Like, it's, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we're kind of, like, now just hitting hitting must-be spot. So it's cool. It's, like, what makes restaurants fun. I mean, they're, like, living, living, breathing things, you know. Like, if you pour yourself into it and, like, are operational, you're going to figure out what, like, needs to change, you know. And I think, I think like, the one thing I didn't want to do is just, like, build it and just be, like, okay, I'm good, you know. Like, I'll bop in for service or whatever. Like, that's, that's not what I want in the space.
0: Well, it's also so helpful that you have so much experience seeing other kitchens and at least just being able to decide like i don't know i don't need a blast freezer i don't need you know like three compi ovens i can just do with one and it can be the half size yeah. one and it can live underneath this yeah. you know what i mean like there, yeah. there's things that you learn along the way that influence when it's time for you to do your own thing
1: yeah we don't have a walk-in which is like really really sucks. <laughs> it's, it's really hard but that's like one where it's just like okay well Where does it actually go and at what extent, you know? Um, Yeah, you live with it, you deal with it, so.
0: I'm gonna transition to rapid fire questions. These don't have to be rapid fire answers, but I'll start with, is there a book that's been particularly impactful for your career? It can be cooking related, it can be business related, it can be design related.
1: Cooking books that were really important. Like, cooking by hand was an important one early on. That's all for you. Um, on food and cooking, I mean, there's, like, I really like reading cookbooks for, like, the narrative because I think you can learn a lot about, like, the restaurant versus the recipes and kind of, like, the, you know, the thinking behind it. Um. Business books, I don't really read a lot of them. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm, like, um, and I – I wouldn't say that, like, I probably open books as much now as I used to, and I think part of that is, like, just trying to, like, develop my own style and not be too influenced by those around me. Just like, the same with social media. I think it's, like, I can... it's cool to have that access, but there's, like, no depth to it. Or there maybe there is, like, there's some people that are posting some cool techniques and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, early on, it was, like, cooking by hand was, like, a very, very big one. The ideas and food blog was like a big one that like I don't know if you remember Huge. that back in mm-hmm. back in the day making they came out with the book in 2010 or something, but um, just like that was like cool to like get into someone's brain. Um,
0: yeah. Is there a technique that you're still either intimidated by, or you're like, I think it'd be really cool if Tomo could have a blank program, kombucha, bread, beer,
1: something. Yeah, I mean, we don't have um. A bread program at the moment just because of like scale and space um but our pastry chef richard's a very talented baker so that's something we want to implement but also like what is the role of a like a bread program in a restaurant like this like does it always just need to be like table service like bread or can it be something like more composed or supplemental um i mean that's definitely something that we want to implement here i um i love cooking over open fire but like that's just not an option here i mean for like the size of like building a hearth was just not going to happen. Our kitchen's way too small and that'd be way too hot. Um, but we have like some small Um I mean, like going down like the cocky gory rabbit hole was like really interesting and there's still a lot to learn and I'm like less able to now, but just like in terms of like the science behind water freezing and thawing um, and how it affects like end results, I think it's like something that like I wanted to, you know, explore and, um, like learn more and still like, still want to learn. I think, and that just comes, I think, through like eating a time and researching. Um, Unfortunately we can't go to Japan right now. So that's been a little bit limiting, Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, like I really took in a focus into like our wine program. And I I think like that's something I want to be more, more involved in. I mean, I've like been, I think kind of influential in terms of like philosophically what we want to do and kind of casting like the net. but I can see myself, like, being more involved in, like, the service of that, too, like, over the course of the night, like, like, and I want to be, and I think that's kind of cool. So, um, and getting our cooks, like, more up on that, too, I think is like is cool. So, that's been fun. Getting, getting the kitchen more involved in the service end of things has been, like, a really fun thing that we've, like, implemented. That is, like, not new in any sense of the word, but, um, it's been fun. Do
0: you think that the, so... I loved the first restaurant that I worked at where I could actually go speak with tables and have that guest interaction and explain the dish that I just made or just kind of like ask someone how their meal's going and, you know, get a sense of where they're traveling from because this is when I was living in Europe. How do you foster that? Because there's a lot of kind of like, I'll call it bad habits or just kind of like, a lot of chefs gravitate towards the kitchen because it's kind of like an escape and it's like it's an introverted place where you can just kind of, be and, and not talk to people but simultaneously like it can provide a lot of fulfillment to the kitchen team to be able to mm-hmm. kind of like interact with guests so um i mean is it just repeat exposure do you kind of coach cooks through how to kind of like explain both. dishes or have tableside manner like like what what's va- what's been valuable for you
1: both i mean i think part of like in the hiring process we kind of like are upfront like hey you will run food here you know so like just be prepared for that um but we also like our service director did service training with all of our cooks. So it's like, you know, what seats you go to first, what are the like what are the seat numbers, what seats you go to first? What does serving what does look like the server table what does look like the clearer table? You know, if you're serving one and the next table next to you is ready to be cleared, clear it, you know? And so um I think when you provide someone like the tools and invite the them in, it definitely makes it like a less intimidating thing. Um and we have a pretty like, you know, I'll do whatever, like, staff that's just, like, you know. I mean, for, like, they get it, too. They're, like, if food's sitting there, we need to run food because more food is up to pass than our runners in the kitchen. Um, then, like, let's just do it ourselves, you know, because we got to keep going. So they understand the benefit, um, and I think everyone sees the value in it.
0: It's a Sunday morning. Maybe it's probably your first day off after a, a, a busy week. And you go into the kitchen to make yourself eggs for breakfast. How do you make those eggs?
1: Um, I call it grandma style, where it's like crispy on the outside and like still like sunny side up, um, like flaming hot pan. Um, I made scrambled on actually this Sunday. I had some family in town, so they wanted scrambled eggs. So these are just do it in one way. But yeah, typically hard hard cooked on the outside, sunny side up. Love it. I don't know if there's any for that. I call it. My grandma did it that way, yeah.
0: You somehow get a call right after this interview that you've just won an all expenses paid trip to eat at your dream restaurant, and when you get there, there's someone you've always wanted to speak with waiting to have dinner with you. What is that restaurant, yeah. and who is that person?
1: So, I've eaten an Asad Rush once, and I really loved it. Um, and it was a paid for trip, <laughs> and I like am friends with the person I eat with. I would like to experience it with my partner, honestly. I mean, like, that's like because it's like such a formative fucking restaurant in terms of like simply executed product that like just stands on its own. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think like sushi taito or something like that with like my grandmother like ten years ago would have been cool. Like when she could have probably like she's in her nineties, so I don't think she would appreciate it as much now. But like to experience, I mean, she hasn't been back to Japan. She's from Japan probably a decade or two decades. Maybe, I don't even know, but, like, to be able to go back there and, like, share a meal with her would be cool, at, like, a very high level, or kikunoi or something, like, it would be cool, which I haven't eaten that before, so, yeah. I, mean, I, had one a, of those answers.
0: I had a very similar, not not similar from the, I also wish that when I ate at Echibari, someone else would have been there with me. I ate alone, and it was, like, again, oh, yeah. I was just, like, my my brain matter exploded on the, on the walls as I was just, like, eating dish after dish, because it was, yeah. Again, like you're saying, it's so formative, so educational, so, like, I don't know anything about food. Like, there's just, like, it's yeah. so impressive. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely agree
1: I, with that. I had a fun experience with, I went to arpege by myself, and Elaine Pessard sat with me for my entire meal, which I wasn't expecting. Like, he joined a course, too, <laughs> and just sat and just sat there. But I also didn't realize it at the time, but I had mono, cause I could, and I couldn't taste anything. So I was, this was, like, 2018, so I was like, oh, I know that this tastes, like, pretty good, but, like, I, like, totally lost my taste. Like, I had pneumonia I turned to mono when I was, like, out there. I was doing an event in London and just walked over to Paris. But I'd like to redo that one. I mean, that would be, like, I asked a lot of questions, but honestly, I was like, it was a four-hour lunch. He invited me to the farm, and I was like, and I couldn't because I was, like, eating somewhere else at night. But I was so fucking sick. I, like, I was like, everything just kind of tastes metallic and bland and, like, like, and I was like, I know this is well executed and I can taste some pops of acid or whatever. You're in there. Mm-hmm. I know this is technically perfect, but I can not enjoy it. Like, I was, I can enjoy the company, but it was hard to, and I was just like tired and like four hours is a really long time to be sitting in a jacket and button down eating.
0: That's an amazing nothing. story.
1: But yeah, um, cool.
0: <laughs> what do you think chefs can be doing better to help the next generation?
1: Be more inclusive, be more equitable. Um, mentor and like nurture them as people, and not just you know like like labor is like exploitative by nature, and so you are exploiting them, and be real like realize that, and just also so like be generous with them, you know. Like I think like what we're gonna do is create chefs that run their restaurants better, not just if you're just creating people that cook better, you're not doing your job, I don't think. And you know the restaurant has like restaurant industry still has a long way to go and I think that we um you know like can be more transparent and be more generous um with how we with how we run things and the things that we share, you know, with with them. I think um they will forever take that with them.
0: You've been super transparent and super generous with your time today, so thank you. Uh no, thank again. You. Is no, there anything so much, uh is there anything that we didn't discuss or anything that you kind of have top of mind that you wanted to leave sure. the audience with or, or, something we haven't discussed?
1: No. Did we get through all your questions or do you solve some more? Yeah.
0: That's, that's everything I had. Okay, cool. If there's,
1: yeah, no, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're, I think like what's been cool about this restaurant is, you know, it's like, it was open just very honestly and like humbly. And we're like, you know, trying to, you know, trying to like put out a good product. And I think like, Honestly, I think like running a really good restaurant that like you know hopefully we can treat people well and like you know like abide by certain principles and stand for something is like is like a very radical thing you could do, especially in you know major like you know in in a city. And um, you know, I think like I hope we continue to like stand for something that's like meaningful beyond just like what's like served on the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like, hope to help do that. So yeah, thanks for having me on, and thanks for inflexible i know we rebooked this a couple times but yeah we'll we'll get that done soon in a year and we can be like we could have a one year in conversation or something like that yes please yeah i love i
0: love i love it i i truly truly enjoyed my meal at tomo the you 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 touched on one concept that i i would really love your thoughts on if do you think a michelin guide is going to come and adopt the kind of like james beard model where right now they're kind of like state by state do you think there's a world oh, yeah, where they would have, like, region. Michelin Guide Northwest, Michelin Guide South, Michelin Guide whatever in the I've, US? I've, I've,
1: and, I've heard, like, rumors of that for the last five years. So before they went to California, probably it was, like, 2018 where I first heard that they were, like, there was, like, kind of, like, some traction to, like, the rumor that, like, they were going to do a regional guide because they wanted to compete with, like, 50 best, where, like, 50 best kind of, like, became... um you know, more known in some ways. Um so I have heard that that is uh a possibility. I don't know in the post COVID world. And it's interesting to see like what kind of came out of like the California guide, like in you know, how the state of California paid to play. So yep. um yep. you know, I don't know like what that looks like with like scores and budgets which are probably depleted when you over the last two years when you can't travel. Um you know, Michelin is their own travel partner. So they're not going to like, you know, they're going to just like, they're trying to sell tires, you know? So I don't know. I really don't know. I think it would be cool. I think it would be cool. Yeah. I also like, kind of like that they aren't here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Kind of just like, well, it like, you like, to... like find a good meal, <laughs> you know, like, like,
0: yeah. I get FOMO I mean,
1: sometimes it... about them not being here, you know, but then I'm like, I think it's, like, kind of rather than come here, so.
0: I mean, it allows you to build things that aren't in service of just getting stars.
1: Yeah. Like, you have yeah, so yeah. many other goals. Yeah, for sure. So, it's, like, you know, it's, like, if they came here and you didn't get a star, you'd be, like, you'd probably, booby would be bummed. <laughs> so, it'd be, like... But also, like, we know that, like, we definitely aren't a fucking two-star restaurant or a three-star restaurant, and, like, I'm totally okay with that. And there's, like, the way Like, those are the restaurants that I want to eat in these days. So, you know, it's, like... You know, no, know. It's like, if they it came, it'd be cool. But then there's all this pressure. And then you're driven by this like pressure that like was not there when you opened the restaurant. And it's hard to escape that no matter, no matter what, you know, cause like, no matter what you think of the beard awards, everyone checks the list when it comes out, you know? And like, I say that as like been the beneficiary of that before, but like, you know, you check it, you know, what you know what's going on. Like, so, yeah, I've heard rumblings, but that was pre-COVID, like 2018, you know, and I think that, like, if things didn't shift dramatically or drastically over the last couple of years, that there's a good chance that they would probably be here. But, you know, I don't know where money budgets are being spent these days, but.
0: Right, right. Well, that's that it, man. That's all. That's all by. I had. Yeah. Yeah. Regional guides cool. would uh yeah. would 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 make me super excited because it would just open more possibilities and and just allow for yeah. again a little bit to your point like a little bit more inclusivity a little bit more range a little bit more. Yeah. I mean,
1: like we're two and a half hours. I just in Vancouver last week and was like, you know, having some of the best and in the world, you know, and like and then like going into like all these places that like, you know, are executing at like such like awesome level that like, you know, no one really hears like hears about. So I think like the show to shine a light on restaurants, like, more restaurants, like, in that, in that way, you know, like, kind of like what's happening in California, like, there are a lot more casual restaurants that are, are on the list, or, like, you know, smaller mom-and-pop places, I think that's cool, um, especially, like, in, some of like, the Far East Asia Guides, Southeast Asia Guides, you see some of that representation, um, but it'd be cool, so it'd be cool, like, if we had that here, for sure.
0: Brady Williams, everybody, where can people go to find awesome. you to, to make a reservation at Tomo, like, obviously things are going to be linked, but is there any place you want to send people?
1: Just, just through our website. I think it's someofseattle.com. Yeah, temofseattle.com. Um And at the top, you can click, or it says booking. Yeah, I was like, uh, I have to look it up. Uh, you can click on booking, and it'll take you to our talk page. Um, and then reservations go live the first of every month for the following month. So April 1st at, like, 10 a.m. Pacific time, uh, we're releasing our bookings for May. So,
0: yeah. That's for bookings. What about hiring? Are you, are you guys hiring? Uh, For hiring? Yeah.
1: People. um, Yeah. We have some people in the pike. I mean, we're always like looking for quality, you know, quality people to join the team. I think um, if jobs at com is the best way to get a hold of us. Um, And we try to respond to everyone, whether it's like, you know, a yes or no or another. Right now we have a couple of people. Yeah. That we're, like are in the pike and so we're kind of waiting to see what that goes but we're always looking for good people so
0: yeah i'm gonna let you get back to it thanks so much man for coming on the show awesome and thank I- you Thanks again. Uh, Apologies for a few internet issues we were having during that conversation. I still think everything came out pretty legible for this episode. I really, really enjoyed talking to Brady. The vibe in Tomo is phenomenal and exactly what he kind of discussed. Anna and I really enjoyed our meal there. And yes, I did shoot a TPC episode for Tomo. So depending on when you're listening to this, you can just search Justin Kana or TPC Tomo, and it should pop right up as kind of a meal recap of what that experience was like. Friendly reminder that you can get a fantastic selection of Japanese knives at Korin in New York. It's one of my favorite places to shop for knives. You can check out the link in the show notes if you're in the market for a new knife or visit slash korin So until next time, roll the outro. Well, well, here we are together again at the end of another episode of the Repertoire podcast. If this is your first time listening, this is a show for hospitality creators who want to think better, increase their performance, and believe that it's possible to take lessons from what others have already learned. I I'm your host, Justin Kana. And if you're new here, I'd like to personally welcome you to the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Friendly heads up to check out the show notes inside of the description of this podcast if you want to check out previous guests, links to specifics that got brought up in this episode, as well as other helpful content that we create and share here online, because everything we do is focused on helping you along your journey. If you don't have a ton of time, the best place to start is with some value sent straight to your inbox every single week. It's called the Repertoire Newsletter, where we share knowledge on sharpening your skills, asymmetric upside, and exploring the industry. Beyond on the status quo. If you subscribe, we'll keep you up to date on trends that are shaping the hospitality creator ecosystem. We'll share discounts on gear that we find, as well as content that we've been producing ourselves and helpful articles that we've already read and decided are worth your time. Last up, if you want to connect with other industry professionals in the Repertoire Pro community, you want to check out courses like Total Station Domination or download free tools that we've created, you can learn more at joinrepertoire.com. That's J-O-I-N R-E-P-E-R-T-O-I-R-E com. The only ask from me is that if you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate a review of this show on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify to help the podcast universe know that people like us like shows like this. Regardless, I'll see you in the next episode. My name is Justin Kana, and I hope you have a good one.